Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 252 of Weekly Poker Hand 252. It's a fun number. And today we are again reviewing a hand from a 5-5-10 with a $20 straddle game at Stone's Gambling Hall. Thanks to them for letting us use this footage. If you're enjoying Weekly Poker Hand, please click like, click, click subscribe. That lets me know that you enjoy this work. If I if you don't like it, well, I'll stop doing it. I'll focus my efforts elsewhere. But I appreciate all of you being here and I hope you enjoy. So let's get to it. Pocket aces. How do we play the aces? She raises a 75 in the hijack, which is perfectly fine and standard. We are playing $2,000 deep, so about 100 big blinds. You could make it smaller. Like I would probably be opening to 65 in this game, but 75 is fine too. Let's see. Folds, folds, folds. Devo folds. King seven suited, which is just a good discipline fold. And then Roberts and the third big, the third blind. So not the straddle, but the third blind gets ace queen of diamonds. Now, from my understanding, Kathy tends to play mostly good cards, seems to not get out of line too much. So against a player like that, you definitely should not three bet ace queen suited. You should be calling. If this was a hand like ace-queen offsuit, you could consider three-betting as a bluff and then folding if you get four-bet. But I think ace-queen suit is just good enough to call and see a flop. If you do re-raise ace-queen suited and get four-bet, it's really rough because that hand has plenty of equity. But you don't really want to call against a four-bet, especially if your opponent's four-betting with aces, kings, queens, and ace-king. So I like the call. And then ac and the straddle for $20 gets 6-5 of diamonds, and this is also a very nice spot to call. Do not three-bet either of these hands in this scenario. So... Good play so far by everyone. Flop comes 9-4-2, one diamond. So Robert and AC both have backdoor flush draws. They both check around to Kathy as they should. This is a spot where the preflop raiser should definitely have a range advantage and a nut advantage for the most part. Because Kathy has aces, kings, queens, etc. Whereas the other two players don't. And Kathy, uh, for Kathy, the pot's 235. She should probably make a small bet of about 100 bucks. You don't want to go too tiny because then you're giving your opponent good odds with gut shots. But I think 100 is fine. She goes... How much? 160, so actually a relatively large bet. And now with Ace, Queen, and Diamonds and Robert shoes, should you call? Man, I would, I would venture to say probably not. So a lot of people look at this ace-queen suited here and think, okay, backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw, two overcards, this is great. The problem, though, is that you're not really going to be looking to bluff with this hand on the river, which means you're going to just lose to ace-king uh, when it goes check-check on the turn, and then you check the river and she checks again and you lose. So that's pretty bad. Um, also, the ace and the and or the queen, it seems like both of them this time, well, both of them are dead this time, so he's actually in very, very bad shape in this exact scenario, which does come up sometimes. Sometimes your queen's not going to be live. Sometimes your ace is not going to be live, and that's pretty rough. Backdoor flush obviously doesn't come in too often, so I think this is probably just a fold for Robert. And either way, if Robert calls or folds, AC with his gut shot and backdoor flush draw should definitely call. Now, a lot of people look at this and say, why would you fold ace-queen but call a 6-5? Because a gut shot is actually quite valuable. If this 3 comes in, he can expect to get paid by Kathy a decent amount of the time. Um, especially when she has an overpair, she's at least going to put in one more bet and maybe more. Um, I don't know much about Kathy's overall strategy, but a lot of players who do have hands like pocket aces will just mindlessly blast off their stack on the turn of the river. 
and notice in this scenario, if, if one or both in the calls, pop's going to be six hundred or seven hundred dollars. So it's not that hard to get another seventeen hundred in. So you should definitely call with this um, straight draw with backdoor flush draw, even though it is only a gut shot. You're getting a pretty decent immediate price and fine implied odds. So you should definitely stick around. Robert does decide to call the ace queen suited, and like I said, I don't really love this, but it's at least fine. It's especially good if um, Kathy is playing a wider strategy than I presume she is. But from what I gather, it seems to be like seems to me like she's mostly playing good cards. All right, turn is a four. Okay, nine, four, two, four. Robert checks, which I think is fine, and now I actually think AC should turn his hand into a bluff. This is one of these spots where who has more fours in their range? Just ask yourself that question, right? It's definitely the straddle. Because Robert's probably not calling a $75 raise for 65 more very many fours from the small from the uh, big blind. And the straddle for only 55 more closing the action will certainly have ace four suited, maybe king four suited, maybe six four suited, five four suited, four three suited. He has all of those in his range, whereas the other players don't. So in this spot, when you want to bluff, very often you want to make a medium to small size bet on the turn, like $300, $200, something like that, into $700. And then Kathy's going to call. And then on the river, you're going to jam all in for about the pot or a little bit bigger than the size of the pot. I think that's a really strong strategy that's going to put Kathy in a miserable spot with her whole range because her whole range is a bluff catcher at that point, right? Because you know she has almost no fours. Maybe ace four suited, but there's two combinations of that, right? So... That is a very, very strong strategy, especially when you know something about your opponent's strategy that maybe they play a little bit too snugly. Like, if you know you can make your opponent fold essentially their whole range by the river, well, betting turn and jamming river is quite powerful. And the best bluffs you want to do this with are usually going to be bluffs that have no showdown value, like 6-5, but also have a little bit of equity to make a good hand on the river. Well, like 6-5, right? So I definitely think this is a spot where AC should at least consider betting 200 to 300 on the turn and then ripping it in on the river. Um, I know it's high risk. I know it seems splashy and aggressive, but I think it's quite a strong play. So now should Kathy bet the aces? I think it's certainly fine to bet the aces when both players check because once they both check, they really shouldn't have a whole lot of fours. Um, because like I said, you should probably develop a leading strategy with your fours here if you do have them. Um, so I think Kathy can continue just value betting. Make another small value bet. You're trying to get called by a nine or two or pocket eights. So if you bet $200 here, you're just getting money in against people who are drawing very thin. And if they do happen to have gut shots like ace three or ace five or six five, you really don't want to just give them a free look at the gut shots because they may not even bluff them on the river. So I think Kathy should at least consider betting if she is really concerned that she may get raised. Like maybe she just thinks one of the opponent has a good hand. Well then, sure, feel free to check. But I would almost always bet. River is a six. So now, Robert does decide to check. Like I said, back at the start of this video, right? Robert can't really do anything when he check calls here. He's just stuck checking it down and praying he wins. But he's not going to win here very often. AC now picks up a pair of sixes, which is actually going to be good a decent amount of the time. Um, quite often when you pick up an under pair on the river when you had a draw, it's not necessarily that good. But in this scenario, given the turn check through this six actually does win sometimes so i don't think ac needs to be bluffing if he somehow knew kathy's range was like only pocket eights or pocket sevens or maybe like ace nine then maybe i could get behind running a bluff still but 
there's no need to do this. If the river did not give him a pair, though, I definitely think the player who should be taking a stab at this is AC. And given his range is going to be busted draws, which really there aren't a ton, and fours, which there are a decent amount, assuming he doesn't lead any of them, um, this is a good spot to bet very big, like pot, maybe even all in, depending on what your range looks like. And that's going to allow you to bluff with some of your bluffs in a profitable manner, as long as you are balanced. And again, you have to ask, do I need to be balanced against these players? And I don't have enough experience with them to know, but if you play with the same players on a regular basis, you will learn who will fold an overpair to a big bet. But how do you learn that? You can't just say, oh, I know Kathy always calls with aces, so I'm never going to bluff, if you've never actually tried a two-and-a-half pot river shove, right? I definitely don't think um, AC needs to go for a small river bet. I think that would be terrible. Because remember, you're trying to get Kathy off of overpairs, which she definitely could have. I mean, we see she has aces, right? Um, if you're trying to get them off exactly ace high, like ace king, then maybe a small bet does make sense when you miss. But um, I, I, am, I, I think that a lot of players in Kathy's shoes will be afraid that one of the blinds has a random four. They're afraid of the big blind special, right? So anyway, does AC bet? Looks like he's considering it. He does not. And then Kathy now has a very easy value bet on the river. Once it goes check, 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 five checks in a row is often an indicator to go for value. But Kathy just snap checks it behind. And I do not like this play at all. I think this is a substantial mistake. In this scenario, pots or $700 on the river. I think you can bet something like $200 and expect to get called by a lot of one pair type hands like pocket sevens. Maybe even ace queen decides to hero call you. Maybe that six decides to call, right? And I don't think those would be insane calls. I think those would be perfectly reasonable. So I definitely think that Kathy left a little bit of money on the table in that scenario. And this is a classic leak that a lot of live players have. They only bet on the river when they have just the super nuts or a bluff. And what that often results in is some players bluff the river way too often because their river value betting range is like, I don't know, 10 combinations of hands, but their bluffs are 80 combinations of hands. So again, some players, you can hero call them very, very frequently. And in this scenario, if Kathy's not betting aces, what is she betting? Ask yourself that, right? In this scenario, does she just literally have no betting range? It means she's just not betting for value because she'd probably bet if she had ace four or five four on the turn. So what is she, what is she betting here? Exactly pocket sixes? So three combinations of hands? It's not a lot, right? Which means she also can't bluff on the river. You always want to be able to bluff on the river. Like, say she did have queen-jack here. I think it's perfectly fine to bet. Like, say she had queen-jack of spades or something like that. They would bet the flop with the overcard and backdoor draw. Um, check behind on the turn, because the turn's going to result in them calling a lot on the turn. Then on the river, which is kind of a blank, I think it's perfectly fine to throw out a bet. But by not betting aces, you don't get to make very many other bluffs, and that's going to make it hard for you to win in the long run. You need to pick up pots that don't belong to you, and you also need to extract value from your good hands. And that is not what happened today. I mean, in this scenario, like, in my mind, Kathy should have bet the turn and bet the river. This pot should have been $1,400 or something like that. Maybe maybe a little bit less, maybe thirteen, maybe 1200 But instead, it's only 700 And if you can win that extra $500 with your aces, clearly that is going to add a huge amount to your win rate. So don't get in the mindset of, I won the pot, that's great. Yes. You need to think, wow, I missed out on a lot of value. I really screwed this up. Let's make sure we don't do that again in the future. So that's me at four today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you have not already, check out my training site, pokercoaching.com. You can get a completely free trial. No credit card is required. I want to make sure that you know what you're getting. I'm not trying to 
have you sign up and take your money or anything like this. I want you to go and see if you like the way I teach, if you can learn from me, and we can all move forward making you become the best player you can be. So check it out at pokercoaching.com. Good luck in your games. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves, and I'll talk to you next time.